at least two of the recent shootings involving teens in Aurora have been related to active gangs. Although the high visibility of other national, world, and community events have moved gangs out of sight and out of mind, the violence involving youth near schools has renewed interest and the spotlight on them. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. The general profile of a youth who may require support from gang influence is someone age 18 to 24, male or female, involvement in the juvenile justice system with possible substance abuse issues, and may be actively gang-involved or with a family history of gang involvement. On this edition, we gain specific insights for parents to keep your youth from the influence of street gangs, along with what the community at large can do to model violence prevention behavior. Again, our expert is the executive director of the organization GRASP, the Gang Rescue and Support Project. Mr. Johnny Williams is with us. I say, you know what? We got to make you stronger. We got to make the family stronger. We got to make the youth stronger. We got to create that hope. And once we do that, those cycles will naturally be broken because these are things that we hadn't had in the past. And once we build up on those things, those cycles will, will naturally start to, to change. You know, and that, that even with the work that we do with our young people, we don't challenge whatever, you know, affiliations they have. Uh-huh. We don't challenge the thoughts or the beliefs that they have. We just make them stronger and, and, and more supportive and more, uh, I would say, hopeful and their, in their lives, and they automatically start making better choices for themselves. You have uh, two rites of passage programs. What's the importance of having a formal rite of passage? Rites of passages have been happening since the beginning of time, and um, they, they show up in different ways. Um, and I think that being able to give guidance to those as they start to grow into a certain age or a certain responsibility, it is, it is important. This is huge. And I think that some of the things that we want to, you know, introduce to their lives when we talk about a rites of passage is that um, when you turn a certain age, these are certain things that you can look forward to. These are certain responsibilities that you may have. These are things that people are going to expect of you. Sure. Um, and in order to be successful in those realms, then these are the things you're going to need. Um, and and we, we, include, we include that in, into the rites of passage. You know, so it's not just like having a quinceanera or things like that where you, you're yeah, partying yeah. Uh, or you're just acknowledging that you've reached a certain age. It's, it's more important than that. It's to a point of where um, it's a life about choices is one of the programs that I have. And when I talk about life is all about choices, I start talking to them about choices that they start to happen to have or be able to make at certain ages. You know, when you're nine years old, um, you may not have the choice of what school to go to or what you could wear to school, whatever the case may be. But when you become 13 and 16 years old, you have now the choice of what you want to wear and, and what you want to eat and yeah, what you, sure you, you want to go to. And, 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 and that's a heavy responsibility because as a parent, we look into what does that choice come with? But sometimes as a youth, we choose because of what feels good. So we, we try to, you know, in the rites of passage, teach them that sometimes these choices have to be looked into a little bit deeper than how they feel in the moment because it comes with a cost. It comes with a price tag, and you've got to be willing to pay that price tag. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Uh, also, one of the services you have is tattoo removal. Now, a lot of people say, oh, you're just getting a tattoo done. But you have a criteria there that in order to get that tattoo removed, the person has to commit to a gang-free lifestyle. Why'd you put that in there? So it was not 
and, and, and I don't know if it was misinterpreted, but it was uh, not a, they have to commit to a gang-free lifestyle. Oh, okay. They have to commit to a transition in their life. They have to commit to there's going to be a change, you know, and sometimes um, because we, we, we have recognized because it's peer run and we definitely um, respect the fact that whatever affiliations, and, and you notice I have not used that word one time. Yeah. <laughs> You've used it, but I, I keep calling it family affiliations because I, I know that I'm from the, the streets, so I know that um, sometimes when you are, have an affiliation, these are friends and family members that are, are with you for the rest of your life. So if we you know, build up the person and change the person, then they start to change the relationships at times and how they interact with certain relationships. So uh, being a part of a, of a group is not a, a, an issue. It's what that group is doing and, and the yeah. behaviors that that group is involving themselves in. And if you're going to be a decent and better person that's going to be surviving for your family and for yourself, then you have to make some, some different choices. And sometimes that is if you have a tattoo that is you know reminding uh, uh, others that this is what something that you once was doing or something that you were representing in, on a different level, then that might be a barrier for you. And having that tattoo removed um, is, is something that helps you to make that lifestyle change. And it doesn't, it's no disrespect to anything that you're representing. There's no disrespect sure. to any family member or anything like that. It's saying I'm making a choice for myself that I don't want this symbol that is on me to tell my story. I want to tell my own story. And if people are looking at this and making their own judgments of me and they have not given me an opportunity to speak or even show up in a way that is going to be productive for me, then I need to be able to remove that barrier for them so that I can speak my story myself. And I think that that's what our tattoo removal program does, is that when you are going to get that tattoo removed, you, you, there definitely has to be a, a lifestyle transition, you know, and, and that transition has to be in a positive motion. So it, yeah. you can't just get one tattoo removed just to put another one on because you don't like the way that one looks. You have to be able to have a mindset change, and that mindset has to be for a proactive productivity of your lifestyle. You also uh, try to provide job training for them so that they have some uh, some productive outreaches to do that can be beneficial in the long run. Well, we realize that, you know, sometimes when you are, um, you know, growing up and you're young yeah. or and you, you know, out, you know, have done certain things in your life, um, those are barriers to employment. You know, either your criminal record or your, your lack of job skills or your lack of, of, of the ability to uh, retain a job, job ethics or whatever the case may be, those are things that some corporate jobs don't have the patience or the the ability to to work through with you. So in our program, we those are job skills that we teach you on the job to say, okay, if if, if they're you're working in a job and the homeboy, you know, something happens to one of the homies and you gotta, you know, go and show your respect, you don't just disappear for two weeks and no call, no show, because you'll get fired for that. So the proper process is is you let your boss know that this is a very important person in your life and something has happened to them and you need to be supportive and you find out what are the policies around being able to show up and you know, in that way and show respect and still have your job. And, and we walk them through those processes, you know, and if sometimes if they slip up, we don't fire them. We, we, we sit down and now it's time for us to have a meeting about how was that supposed to happen? How, how should you have taken care of that issue? Will you need to take care of that issue the next time? So each time is a teachable moment. Um, and, and that where our hopes is after 18 months or so, then they have learned enough skills and learned enough job ethics and practiced those skills and ethics to a point where they can go now into corporate world and be able to retain a job. Because in this economical situation that we are dealing with now, yeah. it's not that difficult to get a job because and a lot of people are hiring, but to keep that job. 
is sometimes the difficult part because of the issues that you have um, you know, grown up with and, and, and not known. So those are the things that we build them up on. Parental awareness training. Um, what do parents, what are one or two things parents have to really be aware of to give them an indicator that they may have a problem with a youth that may be flirting with or, or participating with a gang? Some of the things uh, that, that parents uh, should be looking out for is um, who their young people are hanging out with and where they're hanging out at. But um, school, school is definitely one of the things that we focus a lot on. If there's a, the grades are starting to drop uh, um, or if uh, the, the teachers are not supporting their young person the way that they, they should be, because um, a lot of times uh, a young person will know whether or not they're being supported in a school. And if they don't feel like they are, then um, you know, they may turn to different avenues, um, but a parent just needs to be able to communicate, and that's around anything. You know, whether you know it's um, a, lot, a lot of things that I work with, as you know, on another program that I work with, the Shaka Franklin Foundation, is we do suicide prevention, and right. uh, and I think a lot of things that we have to be able to teach parents to do is communicate with your young person because they're hurting. Um, some of our young people are angry. Some of them are are, are just sad. Some of them, uh, like I said, are hopeless, um, and uh, some of them just they don't don't know what direction to turn in, and um, sometimes uh, they feel like nobody cares, and nobody cares if they're here, um, but being able to communicate with them. So we teach parents how to listen and how to communicate with their young person on a level of, yes, I am the parent, and, and, and my rule goes, but there's certain ways of, of, you know, I would say displaying that to yeah. a place where the young person feels empowered and, in, and enabled to be able to still be a part of the family, because shutting them out does, definitely does not do anything. Again, we go back to their their situation constitutes their reality for them and the way they perceive it. Um, so that's the, the things that we teach parents is that there may be something going on with your young person. There's something going on with everyone's child. Well, you know, I, so don't don't first first of, first of all don't feel like you're the only one. Yeah. Don't feel singled out. You know, so some child, some some parents may be dealing with a child that has depression issues. Some might be dealing with child, children that have drug issues. Some may be violence issues. Some might be trying to figure out what their sexual identity is. You know, all of us have children that you know that have issues um, that they're dealing with, uh, and we just got to be able to open our ears and our eyes to know what those are. You know, and I have a daughter that's uh, attending Howard University on the the, the the track of becoming a doctor. Oh, and, great, great. You know, I, and I was proud of her. And last last year, she was like, "Dad, I don't know if I could do this, right? Because it, it's hard. That's that's hard work." You know, yeah, um, and, yeah, and, and and I just were leaning on the fact that she did so, done so well so long that she didn't need that support. And she, you know, she shared with me that she does still need that support. And I had to listen to that. So parents just have to need, listen and see what supports that their children need and be able to reach out to groups like myself and like our group and other community groups that have the resources to help the parents. Because sometimes the parents don't have the answers, even though they have the love. Are you still finding uh, the same thing because you also do work in the Latino a Latino community as well. Are you finding the issues being the same, the outreach or the approach to the challenges and issues? How many Absolutely. are the same or how many do you have to approach differently? I mean, I, the, the issues are the same. I, and the only thing that we approach differently in our Latino communities is making sure that they feel empowered around documentation and around uh, being able to you know, stand on the rights that they do have, even if they're um, – you know, uh, there's fear around if, if I say too much, then then people will be looking at me or whatever the case may be. So we uh, provide support around um, documentation issues and to make sure that 
the, the children that we're working with, the young people that we're working with um, that are coming from families that may have those types of structures that they have to be careful about, that we still empower them, that they still have the rights, uh, the, the same rights as we do in regards mm-hmm. to getting an education and being supported around um, drug and alcohol issues and being supported around violence issues in the community that no one deserves to be treated a certain way just because of what their circumstances are. Um, but other than that, the other issues are the same. You know, I mean, even with some of the, the white families, that we work with uh, and that have economical um, similarities as some of our communities, the, the, the issues are the same. Final question I have for you. With all the developments that have been taking place with things going on in Aurora, what is the one thing the audience needs to know that they may be able to do to help either quell it or help uh, affect change? Um, I think the audience needs to know that um, groups like my uh, group, GRASP, we are in Aurora. There's other groups that are in Aurora, um, Struggle of Love and uh, Second Chance and uh, other groups. It's the city of Aurora in itself has uh, developed a group that um, is working with young people in reducing violence. So there are now resources out there in the oasis where there was not resources before. So the community needs to know that there are resources that are out there that are willing to help the, the families and the young people that are struggling with these issues right now, but to, to be, I would say, understanding and, and to, to know that some this is coming out of pain. I, I would say that this is less intentional than it is reactionary. Yeah. I would say that this is more situational. Um, we deal with violence on different levels. We, we have interpersonal violence. We have um, you know, uh, psychopathological violence, and we have uh, domestic violence. But the one that we deal with mostly is um, situational violence, where a situation uh, where people are together at the, you know, the right time at the wrong place, something can end up happening. And I think that if we control the environment and control the situation and, and depend on the resources that we have, we have a better chance of reducing what is going on in these communities. Mr. Johnny Williams, Executive Director of GRASP, the Gang Rescue and Support Project. Many thanks to him again for offering real solutions to the challenge of youth gangs and for his insights to parents and the community regarding what we all can do to meet that challenge of deterring youth from gangs. Should you be aware of teens or young adults seeking support to exit a gang or to resist gang recruitment, please do contact GRASP at 303-777-3117. That's 303-777-3117. Or go online to GRASP Youth. One word, graspyouth.org. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Get vaccinated for yourself and your family's health. Mask up and keep your distance when going out. And we do appreciate you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.